wherever you listen throughout the world. It's football time! back for another week of the gridiron guys with a bit more gusto this week i've had the uh weekend off not coming off an absolute larry emder um on the hot ones and vapes and things like that so still a bit slow but we're getting there we're back uh cam how you feeling yeah the brain sounds like it's finally piecing itself back together yeah i'm good um so we ran our giveaway uh we had a winner so congrats to our mate nico burns over in wa he's secured himself an Arizona Cardinals T-shirt, so that's on the way, mate. Appreciate your support. Um, geez, a lot of breaking news this week. Uh, after the Ravens beat the Bears, we're looking at Matt Nagy could be fired after the Thanksgiving game this week. Yeah, look, it's been a downward spiral for them. I suppose it, it did. It, the season didn't really start very well. I suppose all the conjecture around who was going to be the starting QB and things like that, and there was a lot of chopping and changing and all that. And they've played all right. Look, you got to look at the Bears. They haven't done too bad. Well, three and seven, they've been pretty bad. And <laughs> yeah. considering their division, they're not going to win it. So uh, just that no consistency, essentially, at quarterback and not being able to draw up, as we sort of said a couple of weeks ago, right plays for fields. or And then Dalton sort of came back on the weekend and, you know, couldn't really beat a half-strength Ravens team. Yeah, you're right. Like, I think the writing's been on the wall for a while and I think it's come to a head because I saw today, what, at the Bulls game, they were yelling it out at the stadium. I think at the Chicago Blackhawks game, the fans were all saying fire Nagy. So I think he's in all sorts. So what, their Thanksgiving game this Friday for us, Thursday there, he will be done and dusted. Yeah. Um, another one that just got fired as well was Jason Garrett. He was the offensive coordinator over at the Giants after previously being the head coach of the Cowboys. Now, I think this he probably was a dead man walking for a while, let's be honest. He was fired from Cowboys, wasn't he, because of his offensive troubles. Like, he never got Dak and Ezekiel Elliott going. They had multiple chances at, you know, potential playoff runs and things like that and just couldn't build it together. So the fact that he was even considered for an offensive coordinator was a little bit iffy, but it hasn't worked out, and he was never able to get the best out of Danny Dimes and Saquon. Yeah, it hasn't really panned out well for him. So I suppose Joe Judge is probably next on the block at the end of the season, I would imagine. I guess they'll probably hold on now, but I dare say after the next few weeks when they get wiped by Philly and a few others in their division, he'll be out the door as well at the end of the year. Um, just having a look, there's a few other interesting things this week. We saw the resurgence of the USFL with eight teams announced. Eight teams or ten teams announced for the new competition? I think it might be eight, yeah. So another... Um... I suppose spring football, the past couple of years, before COVID, we had the XFL for a bit. There was the Alliance. Um, I can't remember if there's any other, but there was a couple that popped up there for a while that kept coming. And mm. it is not the NFL, we'll admit, uh, but it's always good to sort of see this sort of second division football. And it's just something to do during the offseason, I suppose. Oh, I think it's great. I think it gives people something to watch and do because, I mean, I think you get a lot of viewership there and I think they've got some good guys in charge of running the competition. I think Mike Pereira head of officiating or previous head of officiating in the NFL has taken charge. So look, I'd be, I'd be pretty keen. I might have to pick a team in the next few weeks so we can uh, support someone and keep them on the go on with the podcast. Yeah. sounds good to me. I reckon we can try and um, marry up a good one. So we're competing on the same team for once. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, that's um, good. 
We've got <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to think. We, we've got uh, the only other thing I suppose after Mikko talked about in the other week is the Taysom Hill restructured contract or new contract. Do we? Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. He signed a new deal, forty million off the top of my head. I'm not sure if that's guaranteed mm. though. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it's because I think it's based based on what position he plays is what he gets paid. So, I mean, they've just been changing the snaps. It doesn't look like they're going to use him at quarterback, so they don't have to pay him, I reckon, because Simeon's no better than him, but they're just still going with him the same way. Absolute garbage, yeah. All right, shall we uh, roll into this week's games? Yeah, let's get into it. Starting it off, the Patriots absolutely flogged the Falcons. Mac Jones is pretty much uh, signed, sealed, and delivered as offensive rookie of the year. Bill does Bill things, and the Falcons still suck. Yeah, you're right. Falcons getting dusted at home. There's a shock by the Patriots. The, I think, is it a resurgence or just history repeating? It looks like Bill Belichick's got himself a rookie quarterback, a young quarterback, much like he did in the early uh, 2000s with the Patriots, as we've currently seen him man in the arena. They've got an all-time defense. They've got a running game that just controls the clock and controls the game and time of possession, and they're just using Jones to throw some nice little check down, short passes, and just keep the game controlled. It's looking a lot like Tom Brady's start of his career. Yeah, I think that's what it is. You just take all the decision-making out of the quarterback's hand and you let him just throw the ball when he's open. Uh, You create a great system where, as you sort of said, the defense keeps the ball out of the end zone, and then you've got a running game that will control the clock, uh, and you can basically just make it sort of the easiest kind of game of football. You go out, you run through your progressions, and then you're done. And it makes it look so simple. So I think it's, it's... easily a system and it's a great system where these guys can prosper and grow. And I think the biggest thing that you find with the Patriots is there is no, no matter who goes there, there is no, you know, it guy or, you know, there is no eyeing team. It's essentially, it's a team and you can see that they gel together and they play well together and they just make the cogs. They just turn and they make the whole thing tick. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I think that's actually funny bringing that back. First episode of the documentary, Tom Brady talks about the original coach from the Patriots just talking on enough as a Patriots coach, but he was talking about a coach that just always talked about team. He never talked about you're bigger or better than the one player. It's just team every day of the week. And I think that's just what they buy into at the Patriots. Like the next guy stands up, doesn't matter who it is because they're wide receivers, uh, run of the mill blokes, but they're doing a job. Yeah, absolute culture. We know we were both of us have played footy. The best teams, they come in, they have a great culture, and it just breeds success, really. Yeah, absolutely. So I think what we see, Patriots now leading the AFC East after we thought the Bills were going to dominate it. Are they legitimate contenders, do you think? I think so. Look, they can easily quite make a run. They probably won't topple the big boys, but as we sort of saw on the weekend, the Bills, they're not unbeatable either. So it's, it's pretty much anyone's game at the moment, which is what we love at the moment. I think the NFL is at this point where even the top teams can't even beat the bottom teams. It's, it's mind-blowing, and it's really hard to pick as well, which is seen by our multis struggling again. But, <laughs> uh, you know, and like you saw sort of teams like the Texans come up, they roll in and they win what they've won one game all year and they managed to topple the Titans who just came back and looked like they were going to be you know, set on the AFC, they turn over Tannehill four times. Like, that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah, they came out and absolutely smoked him. I think it's like a bit of a curse, actually, to be top of the AFC. I think the Bengals were top of the AFC for a week, fell down, and I think the Titans, I think they're still top, but they've just let go of a pretty easy win there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And you look at sort of the Ravens were there for a little bit as well. Uh, Bills are probably there. 
Chiefs, you know, started poorly, but they may work themselves up as well. So it's really it's really hard to pick. I suppose big play of the game was probably Colts absolutely wiping the floor with the Bills, wasn't it? Yeah, that was that was absolutely ridiculous. I don't think any of us could have predicted that scoreline. Like the Bills looked like they got it going to get it back to like I think it was 14-7 or 17-14 or something like that. And then just from there, it was just unanswered points from Jonathan Taylor all day. One-way traffic, really. He just absolutely dominated. I think it poses the question, we might talk about this a bit later, but obviously he'll be probably locked in for rushing leader now that Derrick Henry's gone. But if you added Derrick Henry, would you put Jonathan Taylor ahead of him right at this point? Oh, geez. That's, yeah, that, that is a massive question because I see now Derrick Henry's been out for a while. You kind of forget about him. He's gone on the back burner a little bit and Jonathan Taylor's sort of taken that ascendancy to the top rusher in the comp. But, yeah, I, it's a good jewel that we're not going to be able to see throughout the end of the year. Yeah, unfortunately, because I think JT has only just caught up to Henry now and that and Henry's been out for a couple of games. So it just shows how far ahead that Henry was originally. But I think Taylor, he's going to enjoy his time in the limelight and uh, I'm sure we'll be touching on him later. A couple other wild games, Vikings versus Packers. Oh, my God, this was absolutely ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's about time the Vikings sort of got one in a close one. I think most of their games has been this year seven points or less. I mean, they came up against a team that they needed to beat in their division, but a team that's a bit weaker at the moment. I suppose I was looking and didn't think about this, but I suppose they're missing David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Darius Smith, and a few other blokes that, and they can still compete with the best of the teams. I think Vikings are a very underrated team this year. And we've said that before. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins, smoky for the MVP if they keep working on their way like this. He's been absolutely on a tear at the moment. Keeping, uh, They're sort of sitting at a decent level at the moment, but you look at Kirk, 21 touchdowns. He's tied fifth in the league for two interceptions. So that's first, um, and he sits at about 2,700 yards. He's about seventh in the league. So, I mean, that's pretty good production if you're asking me. So you're getting about 10.5 touchdowns per interception. Ridiculous. Uh but Justin Jefferson was just absolutely unreal. 169 yards, two TDs. It was an absolute day out for him. Yeah, I think he's now secured the most 100-yard games in the first two seasons, and it's not even through the first two seasons, tied with Randy Moss and I think even Juju Smith-Suster with 11. So, look, he's just going on to bigger and better things. That kid's an absolute baller. A couple other games as well that were big. Steelers v. Chargers was another absolute score fest with the Chargers just getting away with it. Herbert really lit it up, 380 yards, three TDs, killed the Steelers at the end, didn't he? Yeah, that fourth quarter was electric. I think if you turned it on before that, you'd thought, oh, yeah, Chargers will run away with this one. But that fourth quarter was just unbelievable. I think that's worth watching in itself. Steelers' defense got in good field position, so they kind of backed themselves in off that. And But that last few minutes is just worth a watch. I think Herbert's really cemented himself as such a quality quarterback in this league. Yeah, and especially with the guys around him like Eckler, Allen, Williams, they've got a good core that will go forward in the in the years. So you can see them. On the flip side, Pittsburgh, Roethlisberger, we're wondering if he was gone, but he's still been able to do these things. He took a couple hits but managed to get back up, still threw three interceptions. Uh, Najee Harris, unfortunately, wasn't at his damaging best, only getting about 39 yards, but it was on the receiving. Johnson and Claypool, they just rolled out and picked up almost uh, – Claypool about 100 yards and Johnson over 100 yards. Yeah, Claypool's had a bit of an up-and-down year after having an electric rookie season, so it's good to see him bounce back. I think he's actually very quality. 
Um, I think looking at another game, are the Kansas City Chiefs back? I think so, yeah. you got to say that they are back. I probably wouldn't lean into the fact that the talk about Mahomes being MVP favourite just quite yet. I mean, he still has a lot of interceptions. you got to look at it. So we just talked about Kirk, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. You look at Patrick, 25 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. There's a bit of a difference there. So I think not, not into MVP candidacy just yet, but I think they're definitely starting to get that role on. They're working on those issues on, on in the run game and the defense. They had a great game on the defense on the weekend. So they're able to give more ball to Patrick. And I think the more ball that you give him, just the more opportunities that you're going to get realistically. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think they're well and truly in contention. I think they're almost back to Super Bowl favourites at the moment, and rightfully so. I think they're playing pretty quality football. Um, I think that almost wraps us up for Week 11. The only other one for Mikkel, I suppose, is the Eagles are rising. Nice little win over the Saints. Huge. Well, they got – I mean, what they did was they got Jalen Hurst to do Jalen Hurts. They got him to run. Um, and yep. I think this is where the issue is. It's a great win, but you've got that asterisk of like, well, Hurts is just not – winning as a quarterback that's the issue and i think that's why you only have that one problem great game from him otherwise you know 147 yards no interceptions but no tds but then you look on the flip side he ran for 69 and three tds so it's not exactly how you want to win but you got to take the w's when they're coming yeah i think that's an interesting question for them is like as if he keeps continuing to improve and going better i don't know if he's going to improve on the passing game as you said but i think I guess, do they go into the draft and try and find one? Because they had three picks in the top 10, and now because they're winning and other teams are winning around them that they needed to lose, they're kind of moving out of the top 10. So they might lose the chance to pick up a guy that they want. Yeah, for sure. And especially when you're looking at a couple of the quarterbacks coming through, like Ritter, Pickett, uh, even Sam Howell. You know. So there are going to be a few quality passes, and especially pocket passes yeah. this year that we're seeing. There hasn't been that sort of big breakout running quarterback at as such through the college this year. So I think there's definitely some opportunities for passes and some definitely from ones that may fall as well. So you'd have be comfortable with a top 10 pick of getting a nice QB, but there is that chance that someone may fall out into the top 20, probably not the top 30, but definitely sort of that top 20, you may be able to find some, some, some rough diamonds. Yeah. I agree. I reckon they'll find something there. I don't know if they'll go for it, but there's guys that, yeah, you, as you just said, will fall and someone will pick up a bit of a gem that may actually shine through in the NFL. Yeah. And I suppose finally, we shouldn't go any further without talking about the Ravens. Just squeaky Colleen over the Bears. Yeah. Look, I mean, if you look at this game and you look at how many people we're missing, so there's no Lamar Jackson, there's no, or who else was out, two of our corners. I think we had three corners available on the on the roster for that game. So, I mean, we went into it depleted. However, on the flip side, I suppose Chicago went into that game depleted. Khalil Max out for the season. Noah Keem Hicks. Uh, Eddie Jackson, I believe, their safety is out as well. So, look, the game was a bit back and forth. It was pretty boring. Standard Ravens giving up big plays, I think, 50-yard touchdown on a fourth and 11 for them to go ahead with Andy Dalton. And, I mean, Andy Dalton came in and threw two passes for 80 yards when he first started and got a touchdown and got the game going. Um, but a big shout-out to Tyler Huntley for that final drive for the Ravens. I think a backup quarterback coming in and doing that in the league speaks volumes of how good he is. Yeah, no, just held on there enough. Um, and I suppose it's that whole sort of bend-don't-break type thing. You guys gave up a lot of yards, but at least you know you only gave up 13 points if you want to look at a good, at a good way there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, shall we move on to our awards for this week? Yeah, let's go. 
Yeah, kicking it off with the rookie of the week, rookie watch. Uh, who have you got? Uh, rookie watch, I've gone wide receiver Elijah Moore. Now, I think Moore started the season pretty slowly, and he sort of made a few claims after he was drafted and saying, oh, there's about nine blokes who went ahead of me, and I just want to prove them all wrong. I've got a chip on my shoulder. And everyone's like, oh, well, you haven't really started the season on fire. However, Flacco's taken over, and that's kind of looked like the start for him. I think this week, eight catches, 141 yards, and a TD. Now we see that Zach Wilson could be starting again this week. So I wonder if Moore's product productivity will drop off or will it stay the same and he's actually worked it out. Yeah, interesting to see what happens over there. Uh, I've gone a bit of a cop-out this week, just coming back from training and rolling straight into the potty recording, uh, a bit tired. So <laughs> I've gone back to our boy Micah Parsons. Look, four tackles, two sacks, multiple tackles for loss and QB hits. He was just, look, on a tough day for the Dallas, he got out there and he got after the Kansas City guys. So uh, this guy, he's... We talked about Mac Jones being locked for offensive rookie of the year. This man is locked for defensive rookie of the year. Oh, he'd have to be a dollar twenty by now. And as you said, I mean, you don't even have to look at that. This guy picks himself each week. He has done enormous things. I think he has nearly ten sacks already on his rookie season. So that's just huge for this guy. I think he's been playing absolutely lights out and deserves this reward. Yeah, massive. All right, and moving on, we are on to our team of the week. Uh, we are finishing off the team this week. So we've got the last position on offense is the center. Who have you got, Cam? Uh, the center this week, so look, as we've said throughout the offensive line picks, it's very tough to pick because there's not much to gauge it off. Uh, I've gone the rookie Creed Humphrey from the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he was selected the second round. He dropped a little bit. There was talks of him coming out of Oklahoma as a bit of a gun, and he sort of dropped a little bit, which is fair for a center. But after being bullied in the Super Bowl last year, the Chiefs had to go out and fix their line, and they have got an absolute brick wall at center. And I think he's had one of the best rookie ratings so far this season, if not one of the best ratings for all centers in the league. So this is why I've gone the big man, Creed Humphrey. Yeah, he's been an absolute bastard to get out of the way. So he's been good for them. Uh, for On my side of it, I've gone JC Treader from the Cleveland Browns. The Cleveland, we've known all season, they've just been fighting in the trenches. Um and just working on the rushing yards. And that's been all because of their line and especially because of Treader down in the center there. Uh, you saw on the weekend they had a dog fight against Detroit just getting over 13-10. But uh, they kept kept away the pressures from Baker Mayfield and co- managed to push the run blocking and get around 180 yards on ground. So great day out for him. Uh, loving that for the boys. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, what have you got for us on defense for our defensive tackle? I think it is last position. Yeah, correct. Uh, this week, I've gone to the Washington, the football team, da- Darren Payne. Sorry, I don't know if I said that right. Um, <laughs> uh, so this week, he got around. He got four tackles, half a sack, and multiple QB hits as well. So, And they had a great game, Washington. They're starting to piece it together as well, getting over Carolina 27-21. Yeah, they've actually finally started to piece it together. The defense we thought was going to be really good has lost Chase Young, and we thought, shit, there goes their season. But they were pretty good, and Deron Payne, very good this week. Uh, I know I was talking about the Chiefs and saying they're back before, and there's a reason for that. And the reason is Chris Jones. Uh, They've turned it around on D, and I think they kind of moved his position slightly or put him in a different role. Now, I don't think Mahomes and the offense was ever the issue for the Chiefs. It was him sort of throwing a lot and having to force things due to the lack of point or due to the points that they were being leaked. But Chris Jones has been the catalyst for me for the changes. This week against the Cowboys, five tackles, three and a half sacks, and a pass defended, and it shot them back into Super Bowl contention. Jones is playing lights out, and I think he deserves a spot. 
Yeah, that was absolutely beautiful. We were both watching and texting each other at the exact same time about him when he got those beautiful great sacks so uh look remember get onto our instagram voting uh that's going to be the team all finished and we're going to talk about next week in the potty about what we're going to do for the remaining weeks so stay tuned for that one beautiful all right so does that move us on to our flying and dying absolutely it does now uh for my flying this week, uh, I'm going to go our man Tyrod Taylor. Now, although this guy butchered my multi, and I <laughs> look, I don't want to harbor any bad feelings because, again, it was another one-legger, and I was looking pretty good. However, I did need Tyrod to score two one and a, plus one-and-a-half touchdowns. So uh, throwing, however, he managed to get out, and he scored two on the ground. So I lost on the little caveat there, unfortunately, but I got to hand it to him. Tyrod Taylor is the man. He has shown that he's been quite good. He's gotten through, put through the ring of these past couple of years, multiple injuries. Uh, he's moved on to a Houston team that was one and eight. He's gone out against the Tennessee Titans, who were top of the AFC, had absolutely no right. And he's just put the boys on his back and he said, Righto, we're going again, W. And that's what he did. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I know they had a few weeks out. I mean, Texans, we expected to be really poor this year, but he's made them be competitive in games. He is the reason that they have been competitive this year. So, yeah, fair props to him. Just a shame he couldn't get it through the air for you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It was flying for you this week. Oh, I couldn't go past Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler. And I suppose the main reason is if anyone had them in fantasy and you lost, you're absolutely kidding yourself. Jonathan Taylor ended up with five TDs and 180-plus yards on the ground and about 30, 40 in the air. So I think 200 yards plus, 50 points in fantasy. Austin Eckler four touchdowns and a number of yards on offense, uh, sorry, on receiving and rushing. These blokes just scoring multiple touchdowns is phenomenal. Like, like it's hard to score a touchdown in a game, but four and five in a game is just ridiculous. So these blokes are absolutely flying for me. Yeah, no, they're going to do any fantasy matchup dirty. So uh, now move on to our dying. Who have you got? Dying this week, and I think we talked about him before, the New York Giants, but in particular... Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones in primetime games is now 0-8. He's had an absolute stinker. I don't think he's good enough. I think they've kind of made a lot of mistakes in the draft from recent times. Taking, I know Saquon Barkley is very good, but he hasn't been playing that well lately. Taking a running back at pick two is always a bit of a risk. And someone put up a thing the other day saying, oh, they could have taken Quentin Nelson at two, one of the best tackles in the game. And Nick Chubb laid it down instead of taking Will Hernandez, who no one's really ever heard of anymore. Um, but, yeah, Daniel Jones is someone that they went in on early and I, that just really hasn't played out. He seems like a backup to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for my dying, I've got the Cowboys. Uh, basically, their offense, mainly the offensive line and the running uh, the running core. Look, this is Dallas. When they came out of the bye, they've gone two from two and they've taken big heavy losses against AFC West guys, Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs. This week, they got absolutely annihilated. You have one of, if not the best offensive line in the league, and you're giving up five sacks and only registering 80 yards on the ground when you've got guys like Pollard and Elliott. They ran it 16 times through the whole game. Like, And this is a Kansas City Chiefs defense that has been notoriously bad against the run all year. And you've gone out and you've made Dak pass 43 times. And you can, like, you've kept Kansas City to 19 as well. No TDs, nothing. Like, whatever they're doing, change it. It is ridiculous what they are getting on the ground and the production that they're getting from Elliot at the moment coming back 
he has just not been able to look any decent at all. Yeah, it's pretty inexcusable, to be honest. I think they're going to probably get a few wins in their division because it's really weak. They'll get to the playoffs. But I think people have really gotten on him early. They had him in their top three, top four teams in the rank. You know, Colin Cowherd, BMAC, Brian McFadden has had them in their top five. But I just think people have gotten on him really early. They're good, but I don't know if they're that great. No, not at all. So uh, I think that wraps us up for our awards this week. We'll move on to our next segment and get stuck into some hot minutes with Meikle. All right, and back to everyone's favourite segment uh, where he burns out those who deserve it. Meikle, for another hot minute, how are we going? We're going good. How are we going? We're better this week. Yeah, mate, as I was just sort of saying, just slowly recovering. Um, we're getting back on the horse and see how we go this weekend. We might sort of do a bit of damage again, but uh, yeah, no. <laughs> Who are we burning this week? I've, I've been having a look at the Seahawks and I think they and Wilson are in a bit of no man's land. Both of you had them at 12 and 5 on the season, good enough for second in division. However, it looks like they'll finish well below the 500 mark. They're currently three and seven, and losing Wilson for a few weeks was obviously a blow, but they are two and five even with him this season. Since Wilson's return, they have scored one touchdown in two games, including a zero against the Packers. On the other side of the ball, the defense is not faring any better. What once was one of the most formidable forces during the Legion of Boom era is now one of the worst defenses in the league. They ranked 31st for yards allowed, 30th for pass yards allowed, and 30th for interceptions. They look a long way from the team that went back to back-to-back Super Bowls not long ago. There were some murmurs of unrest over the offseason, with rumours Wilson was pushing for a trade. And Pete Carroll has now been there for almost over 10 years. I just think this is looking like a situation that could turn ugly this year, and the Seahawks are a prime candidate to get blown up over the offseason. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Now, when we talk about being blown up, do you see Pete Carroll out the door as well as Wilson, or do you, is, it, is it just one or the other? I think it'd be it'd be a stretch to go both. Um, I mean, Wilson, if he pushes again for a trade, it's probably going to be harder than nine. Like, we don't know how true it was, how hard he was pushing last year. I mean, the Bears were mentioned pretty frequently. I think they declined, what, three first-round picks. Now, how true that is, who knows? I think they yeah. probably do move on from Pete Carroll. Um, I mean, like I said, I've been over there 10 years. He was from the college system. Does someone throw big money at him? Possibly. Um, but Wilson's long-term contract there, I mean, he's a franchise quarterback. He'd have to be pretty unhappy for the Seahawks to release him, I would have thought. Yeah, Pete Carroll looking good maybe for uh, um, reuniting out at USC. There's still an open job there for him. Uh, back to the glory days. But I think the interesting thing about Wilson is he's just come back from that injury as well. And I think they've rushed him back, haven't they? Like an injury like that with his hand, he should have been out for a good couple more weeks. And we sort of talked about Gino, you know, doing a serviceable job, but they clearly saw that what's going on in their division, they need to try and win now. So they've rushed him back and it's turned up in their face. He's gone 0-2, as he said, scored one touchdown in that time. Um, And they're not looking sort of much better going forward either. I mean, they're playing a renewed Washington this week and then they've got the 49ers the week after. So, it's really not looking good. If they sort of lose those, I mean, you can pretty much already put a line through their name, but if they lose those, that's almost season done and you'd yeah, be tempted to even just put Wilson back on ice, really, if you are going to keep him next year. 
Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Like in the NFC, there's a lot of log jam of teams around like that five, five and five, five and six, and they're sort of two games back from that at three and seven. I'm willing to put a line through them now. I don't think they're making the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, if his hand's not 100%, like it's only going to get colder in Seattle. So it's potentially they're just looking at shutting him down for the season. All right, very good. I think that wraps us up. We will uh, catch you next week then, Mikkel. Sounds good. All right, another good week of Mikkel's Hot Minute. Uh, We'll be back on the Instas. Catch that. We know you will love it. But uh, let's turn our attention to week 12, which kicks us off with the Thanksgiving game. So we've got a slate of three on the Friday to treat ourselves with. Kick ourselves off with the Bears v. the Lions, then roll into the Raiders, Cowboys, and finally the Bills and the Saints. How are those looking at us, Cam? Uh, looking across those, I have picked... I know the Lions have been actually a lot better lately and they're close to winning games. I reckon because Matt Nagy's going, I reckon they get a win there. Uh Looking at the Raiders-Cowboys, the Raiders are horrible. Cowboys, as you said, have slipped into an 0-2 since the break. I think they bounce back. And the Bills need to win this one. What are your thoughts on them? Yeah, Bills looking to jump back on the Saints. I think this could be a good game. Uh, We've seen the Saints. They've been able to gather up some points, even with Simeon under centre, and do a bit of damage. But their defence is quite good as well. So that's really going to test Allen as well. They had a really tough week last week. As we sort of said, he threw a fair few picks as well. So he's going to want to pick himself up and he's got to go away to New Orleans as well. So tough one, prime time Thanksgiving. But if this is where he wants to make his mark and try and turn the season around, he's got to stand up now. Yeah, I completely agree. The Bills have been one that have kind of, I mean, I gave them a 15-2 and two record. I think you were a bit more harsh on them. Not that harsh, but still winning the division easy, like 13-4 and four or something like that. But they're sitting 6-4 and four and not looking like world beaters at the moment. No, no, not at all. So... If they want to turn it around, this would be the day, especially after a big day, and we'll see who feasts on that turkey at the end of the game. Yeah, beautiful. Can't wait to see that. All right. Then turning our eyes to Monday, we've got a fair few actual divisional matchups. So kicking off with the Steelers and the Bengals with a nice divisional matchup there, that's always going to be a cracker. Uh, We see the Bengals, they're rolling through at the moment with their offense. Steelers, both on defense and offense, have been good. Uh, and then on the flip side as well, we have the Browns and the Ravens. So it's going to be an AFC North treats for you guys, isn't it? Oh, it's huge, and it can make a huge difference in their division because I think the Browns are sitting at what? Are they five and five? Six and five. Six and five. So then you've got the Bengals who are at six and four, Steelers at five, four and one, and I think we're at seven and three. So we drop this, Browns win, and then say the Steelers or the Bengals win. That makes this division an absolute cracker of a race because I think – Looking forward for the Ravens. The Ravens have got the Browns, followed by the Steelers, followed by the Browns again. And the Browns have a buy in between the Ravens games. So they play back-to-back Ravens after a buy. So, look, the the division's going to make itself up in the next few weeks. Yeah, sizzle, sizzle, baby. Uh, And then fresh off his huge performance, uh, Jonathan Taylor and the Colts get to host the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks favoured here just by a little bit, even though it is at Indy home. Uh, Look, Kenny produce it again off the back of the fact that he's going to need Carson Wentz to at least keep the drives alive a little bit. I think that's going to work in the Bucks' favor, especially with their yep. strong defense at the moment. However, when you're on a hot streak, you're on a hot streak. And I think if you just feed this man the footy, JT is going to run through these guys, no matter who you put in front of him. So I think if they just keep feeding the hot hand, we may see a bit more trouble like we did last week. Yeah, I think that's the issue for the Colts is Carson Wentz is under centre. Now, the Bucks have been really good at home. I think they're 5-0. Away from home, they've really been a little disappointing. Now, I know Brady likes playing in the cold and is used to it, 
But uh, I can smell an upset here. I can smell the Colts getting a win here on the back of Taylor. And they're going to have to, as you said, they're going to have to rely on Taylor because Carson Wentz just isn't it for me. But that's a good game. Could be a very good game. Yeah, huge. And also another topper of the AFC, Titans go visit the Patriots as well. So now the Titans sit at the top of the AFC, eight and three. Patriots, seven and four. They take this win. They take the mantle on the top of the AFC. Uh, so that should be an absolute cracker. Tannehill, again, coming off a bit of a stinker last week. Uh, and you're looking at Mac Jones and that whole engine room running. They could quite easily, they're favored here. And I could see them quite easily taking this one away. Yeah, I've taken the Patriots here because I believe this defense is actually legitimate. And Tannehill up against the Texans defense really struggled. So this is a step up again. And you're playing in Foxborough. This is a big issue for him. Yeah, yeah you got to be on your best game. Uh, finally as well, another two big hitters. Rams goes visit the Packers. Rams coming off a bye. They were absolutely decimated by the 49ers again. But you assume that they've had the bye week to work out with their new guys, Von Miller, OBJ. They're going to work these guys in the offense. They're going to come out hungry. And I think Packers, they're also going to be hungry as well if they're lost. But you can just see the Rams are going to be seething. And I think that might be what just gets them over the line. Yeah, I actually flip a coin here. Like That's a very tough one to pick. I think we've gone against each other here. Packers, I think, are a very good team and playing really well without the players I mentioned earlier in this episode. So I don't know. I think they might be getting them back soon. And if they can keep winning, they're going to do themselves massive favours. I suppose the only game we didn't talk about there in another divisional matchup is your boys take on the Chargers in a really hotly contested AFC West. Yeah, this should be a tight one, I think. Look, our defence has been going really well. Uh, we've managed to put together a good couple of games and look quite handy, although we got absolutely rolled by the Eagles. We've had the week off. Uh, we'll hopefully be able to come into this with a bit of confidence because we have knocked off you know, teams like Washington and the Cowboys recently. Uh, look, Chargers, again, they've put in together some games and high scoring. So hopefully we'll be able to get some drives rolling. And if we get some ascendancy above them and our defense stops them a little bit, you know, a bit of that bend, no break type stuff, we may actually be able to get on top of them and force a W here. Yeah, the only issue for me, for you guys, is I wonder how slow your wide receivers will be. If they're carrying their wallets around after their new <laughs> sort of contracts, it's going to be fucking heavy in their pockets. Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick securing huge deals for you. So I think your wide receiver calls locked up for a while. Yeah, no, and they thoroughly deserve it. Look, this team looks so hot. It is literally just a QB away from a playoff appearance. That is all it is. You can see around the board, there are quality players putting in quality shifts and they're earning their money. They deserve this, but it's just, yeah. we need someone to get them the football and that's the only issue. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think the Broncos are really that one main player away from getting things done and being a real contender, which is pretty scary. Yeah, and then we're back to the good old days. So we look forward to that. It's going to be another huge week. Uh, and let's also wrap up. We've got the final week of the college football games before the championship rounds. Uh, I think we should touch in. It's rivalry week. Rivalry week, excuse me. Uh, we touch on this. It's going to be a big one, isn't it? It's got so much bearing on what's happening the next week. Uh, but there's just going to be some old rivalries. There it goes again. Just some old wounds. You know, everyone loves a big foe from across town that you stand up and you go, no matter what sort of record these guys are at, it's always a belter of a game, isn't it? Oh, yeah, there's going to be some absolute crackers this week. And looking into the uh, rankings quickly, Bama's dropped down to three, which I kind of said to you earlier in the week, I think Ohio State's playing well enough to push them. 
because they had a cl- pretty close game, I think, against Arkansas, Bama did, and Ohio State just fucking blew the back door out of Michigan State. No thanks to my multi that I had with them in it. Minus well, 19 and a half just wasn't looking promising. Yeah, look again, apologies on that one. As I said, I think the week before, <laughs> whatever I think is a lock, you've got to go the opposite because it's just, it's the way the world works, I think now. So uh, CJ Stroud looking like a bad motherfucker, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. He's playing absolutely lights out. Him and uh, Bryce Young played absolutely electric on the weekend, both with huge touchdown passes and yards. Now, CJ Stroud coming up against probably a better Michigan than Michigan State, we believe. I know they were ranked differently. They're currently ranked five. So this pretty much makes it up. This is the deciding game for Ohio State because I think they win this. They go to the Big Ten Championship, win that, and go in position two into the playoffs. Yeah, win and you're in, essentially. Uh, Michigan sitting at 10-1. and one, They probably, we've talked about this before, they probably should have beaten Michigan State and they should be unbeaten, but that's fine. Uh, this is it. They have sort of the big defense. They're playing quite well. They're dominating. Uh, you know, you look at some of the scores that they've put up. They rolled Maryland. They kept Penn State away, um, Indiana and Northwestern recently. They did go down to Michigan State, but... On the flip side, Ohio State, they just dogged everyone. Like their defense hasn't been great. They've let in some points, but you look at the weapons that they've got on offense, they have absolutely torn through some guys. Uh, It's just ridiculous what sort of numbers these blokes are putting up. Yeah, well, he's playing with two NFL caliber wide receivers, you know, Larve and Wilson. So I think Ohio State is the biggest threat, as I've said before, to Georgia's title contention. Um, we see our boys Cincinnati make it into the top four. The Bearcats have finally got some respect. Now, could this be a banana peel game against the East Carolina Pirates? Potentially. Uh, East Carolina Pirates are sitting at seven and four, so they're not going to be a pushover at all. But certainly... Don't want to slip up at all. Cincinnati looking ahead. If they hold serve, they win, they're in. We don't have a group of five team in. Um, and they likely play Houston, who would be a good ranked test for them to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I think there's over the next two weeks, there's some really huge matchups that we're excited for. One that we're kind of disappointed about is OU and Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State dropped that game to Iowa State. If they went into that undefeated, they really put in a in a case to be in the top four. But unfortunately, they dropped that game. If they win this one, I still don't know if they make it. It's going to be a tough one, really. Um, and I think it's going to come down to some of the other results. You know, we sort of talked about probably not having a two-loss team in the playoff. Uh, yeah. But some of the other teams that are out there looking in, you sort of look at like Notre Dame um, and I know Michigan's an option. But if one of those guys falls out... I there may just not be enough space for Oklahoma State. But if you look at them, they've got quite a good opportunity. I believe they make it into their play, um, Big 12 championship game regardless of the result this week. If they win yep. this week, they knock out OU and end OU's dominance in the Big 12 championship game. However, if they Perfect. lose this week, they go back and play OU in the Big 12 championship game. Yeah, so it's back-to-back games against them. Look, I hope they win. The only other one that's interesting, and I know Utah did everyone else a favour by knocking Oregon out. Utah have been playing really good football lately. Seven one in their conference, uh, their yeah conference, eight and three because they had some slip-ups earlier in the season. Now that's a really disappointing season for them because I think they're playing pretty good football at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they decimated Oregon, and unfortunately, we're not going to see a Pac-12 team in the playoff anymore. That's done. We can put a line through that. But Utah certainly deserve to have a bit of credit thrown at them. I think potentially still in chance for the Pac-12 championship. 
and if you go well, you're looking at a New Year's Six Bowl there. Um, I think as well, we should also shout out uh, the best team in Texas, the UTSA Roadrunners. They roll through. Mm-hmm. Other than them, the Bearcats and Georgia, they are the only other undefeated team. And looking at it, the best team in Texas this year. It's unbelievable. You you wouldn't read about it at the start of the year with the quality caliber teams there. But yeah, good on them. I hope they run the run the uh, table. They're only sitting at twenty two rank, and I know that's because of strength of schedule. But if they can get themselves a nice bowl game, oh, I think that's fantastic. Um, I think we can't go throughout this week without the big matchup, the Iron Bowl. Or oh, I mean, this year it's probably not going to produce what we expect. Bo Nix, I think, is injured at the moment, or did something to his ankle, broke it maybe. But mm. yeah, that's that's always a cracker of a game. Yeah, these two. Uh, pulled together great audiences. Can't say that, to be honest, Bo Nix has played very well at all, even with him being injured. And I don't think their backup is quite great, but all the story is going to be out on Bryce Young. You look at this guy, 38 touchdowns, three interceptions, over three and a half thousand yards. It's absolutely mind-blowing considering, you know, you're looking at these Alabama. Recently, Alabama have not been sort of the quarterback producing guys they've been been on the running backs big on the wide receivers just big bodied blokes but the quarterback has often been like a runner or something it just helps now yeah. you come the way mac jones and you're looking at bryce young two beautiful pocket passes i mean this bloke's only a sophomore as well so we could potentially see him for another season in the college game yeah hell look it's going to be ridiculous bam is just stupid it's just getting annoying to see them win all the time but i kind of want them to see them knock off georgia so we're looking forward to these games this week and i think there's some good ones to catch on saturday or sunday yeah absolutely but i think that about wraps us up for this week doesn't it cam anything else to sign off before we head out no i think that is it for us just head on to the socials as you said earlier vote on our teams and our awards and that will wrap us up for another week very good see you guys next time Thanks for letting us in y'all crib, it's been real.